Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreaux. And I am Condra Boudreaux. And we're the Amateur Nerds. Okay, we're here to talk about Minute 26 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute 26 starts with Mr. Fox asking, why not? And it ends with a rat sipping cider. This minute has quite a lot going on in it. It does. We start out with a very angsty Kylie. We finally see Kylie showing some real emotion here. Yeah, so Chris Arfson's like, I don't want to be involved because I don't like lying to people. Or I don't want to be dishonest with people. And then Fox says, like, don't mention it and then you won't have to be dishonest or something like that. Basically. And then Kylie says, but I don't think he should be with us either. What? And then Fox says very amusingly, well, we're not making it a vote. And it's it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's very Fox trying to take control of this situation that he's surprised there's resistance. Yeah. And you are right about the Kylie being concerned for like logical reasons like this is kind of mr fox's hubris showing like wanting to get christopherson involved for no particularly good reason but then it goes into this like so we get to where the waltz is processing fermentation and mr fox has wait what i wanted to say while they're running through the apple orchard in this old in this shot it's very good because they're running through the apple orchard and it's very detailed. We see the silos in the background and for just a shot of them running by, which we are mostly focused on dialogue. It's a, it's a beautiful background that they put a lot of work into that they didn't have to. You are not wrong there. It, no, it's a, it's con it's a continuity thing that this movie consistently does. It consistently is like, Hey, remember those silos from earlier? Hey, remember that, like, he grows apples? Like, it it's keeps the continuity, which is helpful. Yeah, not just the continuity, but the detail and the, the beauty of the shot. And then we get to this Mr. Fox pulling out a crowbar. Who knows where that was? Because we haven't seen that before. But he starts pulling up this know. very weird grate that I can't, like, quite figure out. Like, when it, we were... When I was looking at him pulling it up, it's more like a tube than a grate. Well, here's my thought is when they go down the chute, they end up in apples. So is this something that they pour apples into? But then why would there that be might a be covering a specific... for the apples? There might be a specific filter that they put when they dump the apples in that they're using. But apples are really big. That wouldn't catch very much. I don't know. But... It Kylie continues talking in this, and he has this, like, coping mechanism that involves him talking about wolves. It's a very interesting thing, because this is the second time he's been in a very nervous, high-anxiety situation that he brings up wolves, and Mr. Fox is not about it. Well, I think Kylie just likes to tell stories to try to make himself look tough, and then if they involve wolves, then Mr. Fox freaks out. That's probably on the idea of what it is. It's just, it's a weird thing that they've latched onto for this character kind of thing. Because if not, like, we don't know a lot about Kylie's background. We know he's the super. He likes minnows. But... <laughs> we know he's the super. Still not entirely sure what a super is, but we know that he is one. You know, latch it onto what I know. Um, But this whole thing with wolves, does he have this secret past? It's something that never gets he's the most like likable character in this movie 
besides besides Christopherson, and he is the most mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the Kylie prequel where he just like kicks butt and steals a bunch of and things. has really good credit, but we'll get there. <laughs> Good pull, good Thank pull. Thank you. Okay, so, so they jump in the chute. Yep. They're in a down chute, and in then, case you needed clarification <laughs> on the chute. I actually down. really like I really like this whole quote-unquote shot, mm-hmm. uh, because they go down the chute, and then it kind of, it's kind of like a wide shot of them like doing their amazed faces while they're in this crate of apples. Yeah. And then we kind of zoom in to Mr. Fox's amazed face, yeah. and he's and it kind of expresses the emotion really well. Oh no, this of their wonder. Yeah, this look of wonder I actually commented on too in my notes for two reasons. One, it very much reminded me of the Willy Wonka entering the chocolate factory for the first time and seeing the chocolate waterfall and all of that, and it just that absolute like glory, wonder, something that really remarkable yeah. space. Um, and then the second, a world of pure imagination. A world of pure imagination. And, you know, some people's candy is other people's very strong alcoholic cider. But the other thing was, in the Making of Fantastic Mr. Fox book, they actually make a, um, there's a little note, email kind of thing from Wes Anderson to the art department in regards of the look of the cider cellar and how it needs to have a cathedral look, which this place absolutely has between the lighting and just the sheer volume of cider in the space and just very loud cider and like these kind of almost vaulted ceilings it seems like there's this overabundance and it's just this really remarkable place and that was the look they were going for and i think they absolutely nailed that and i mean enough to evoke the willy wonka yeah, all of their jaws are dropped, which I find is interesting because it doesn't actually look that good yeah. when their jaws are dropped. Yeah. It looks kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. And I think I that's noticed. where the bandit hat hurts. Like, it made Christofferson look adorable in the last minute with his big eyes. But where their jowls are kind of cut out, it hurts the look of the animals in some way. The uh, Yeah, the fox, the claymation is not perfect on the on the animals but i think that it's okay because it's stylized mm-hmm. uh speaking of the speaking of the making of fantastic mr fox book i was recently listening to a podcast review of isle of dogs and they they weren't huge on the movie uh we don't we don't have to get into it i like the movie i don't i don't know if it's a great movie mm-hmm. i feel like i need to see it like three uh, more times to fully unpack it <laughs> yeah but uh there one of their claims in the review uh this was uh the podcast who shot ya i think it might have been april wolf who said this they said the movie is designed to be a coffee table book and the coffee table book might be better than the movie in there you know i don't know if i agree with that entirely but i get the sentiment behind it and that like yeah I there are some movies like I have a night art of Nightmare Before Christmas. I have an art of Howl's Moving Castle. I have the fa- making of Fantastic Mr. Fox, and there are some other ones that I really want just because I'm so fascinated by how they made the art and like I love concept art. But I get for that kind of movie that it being distilled down to a coffee table book where there might be 
something to that. Especially since we've gotten to the point in Wes Anderson's career where he's so kind of self-parodic, where everything is so big and so symmetrical, and it's just, okay, at this point the art is so crazy good, crazy good, that a half-good Wes Anderson movie is still one of the most visually amazing things you could see. Yeah. I think my problem, my concerns, questions, continuing thoughts about Isle of Dogs is not in the visuals, it's in the story, plot, and honestly language that I have a feeling we're either, I don't know if we'll do a minute by minute about, about Isle of Dogs, but yeah, after seeing it, I, I'm not loving it as much as I love other Wes Anderson movies. I'd rather do something else. But I think but, a yeah. special might be fun um, because I do have some thoughts. Yeah. And I had a lot of questions about reception, and I was actually talking to a friend um, this week about it. And he asked me, because he knows I do this podcast, and he was like, how is its reception in Japan? what did they do for language in Japan? And I'm like, that's a great question that I don't know the answer to, and I feel like I should. Yeah, the gimmick of the movie, I don't know how it would work in Japan. I know there's been a lot of uh, cultural appropriation complaints Mm -hmm. about the movie. I have no knowledge about that. I am want to defend the movie because I like Wes Anderson and I don't want him to be a bad person. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think some of the uh, claims are legitimate. Absolutely. I think... but I have no knowledge, so I don't want to get into yeah. it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one for you. <laughs> I'll take you up on that one. But no, I think it visually is a beautiful, beautiful movie in the way that it doesn't do the same. So we were talking last minute kind of about how every single shot in Fantastic Mr. Fox is so beautifully detailed and like just so beautiful. I think that's true in Isle of Dogs more. I think every shot of Isle of Dogs is more hanging up on the wall than fantastic mr fox i I don't uh, maybe every shot because even like the close-ups are a lot more successful than the some of the close-ups in this movie but the aesthetic of fantastic mr fox is much more pleasing to me that's what i'm going for if this is where you're going that's where i'm going the the whole like countryside critter aesthetic is definitely much more like pleasing to our sensibilities than to the kind of weird clay future Japan. Dystopia future Japan. Yeah, it's yeah. it just has a weird, yeah. I'm like about the steampunk look, but also it was like not quite steampunk. Well, it's trash island. Yeah. Okay, let's get out of Isle of Dogs. <laughs> so we're in Bean's secret cider cellar. Mr. Fox is waxing poetic about the quality of the cider, if I'm using that idiom correctly. Yes, you are. It, burns in your throat and it boils in your stomach it sounds painful and uh, yeah but also is kind of the point of alcohol i think i i don't side point it's alcoholic cider why did they bring christopherson for the one thing that he's not going to be able to eat or drink i mean we don't know fox rule we we still have not determined critter law because we still have not determined whether what fox is doing here is illegal or not to the critter world um, i think maybe we do to, to skip ahead, we are introduced to the character of the rat in this minute. And when we see the rat in a very cool zoom shot yeah. that is very Wes Anderson. Such a good shot. You get a cool smoke uh, effect. Yeah, Wes Anderson is very known for those like sudden zooms. Mm-hmm. Rat says, y'all are trespassing now illegally. Which beyond the Lytotes, no, not Lytotes, 
what am I going for? What's the grammatical term for when you say something repetitive? Redundant? Uh, no, it's like that, but it's not. I don't know. Uh, Continue. I'm going to look it up. All right. Well, uh, I want to go back to something well, but... with the um with the waxing poetic because you skipped the pure melted gold. Oh, yes. It just honestly like the look of the cider is so golden and the space is golden that it's he's not wrong in a lot of ways that this is a very beautiful space, as I've already said. But this whole idea of it tastes like pure melted gold, that's not a good thing. I imagine it's something like when you're done shoveling at the end of your, like, you do your two-hour shoveling of your driveway and you're, like, dying for something warm and you just take that little sip of hot chocolate and your whole, like, body warms up by this. That's what I'm imagining, imagining this cider is like. But at the same time, it's not hot unless you're supposed to heat this cider, which is very common for alcoholic cider. But at the same time, it's one of those things where is it supposed to be warm? Because I don't, when we see them drink it later, I don't think we see anyone drink it warm. Although Bean does drink it through that weird mechanical device of his and maybe that's heating it. But just this idea of it being pure melted gold and it evoking that golden light throughout is really interesting. But when we see Rat, we see him drinking cider, and that bottle actually has a little note on the bottle. Uh, it says Cuvée 2006, and I looked up what Cuvée meant because I didn't know. And it means a batch of wine, usually champagne, but can just refer to like a batch barrel of alcohol. So there, there's actually a date of when this cider was brewed and rat is drinking maybe a relatively new batch of cider whether that be a good thing or not i i don't know how cider i usually you don't want cider to sit too too long but when i was looking up cuvee it seemed to be mostly applying to like wines as in like made out of grapes yeah so there's it's a little off there Mm -hmm. also Cuvée is a non-regulated term, so it means nothing. Yeah, no, I noticed that um, when I was looking it up too, but it just it's funny that they're trying to associate this fancier word with alcoholic cider, like they're trying to elevate the cider. And the rhetorical device I was looking for was tautology. Okay, it has been a while since uh, I've heard that So one. The, the, the idea of you are trespassing illegally is inherently redundant. Well, that is different than stealing, though. Trespassing is different. So maybe just... Well, because they haven't stolen yeah. anything yet. So maybe it's just the trespassing that's illegal and critter stealing from humans is not. I'll... I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll learn in the next minute that Rat is specifically there to prevent people from stealing. But did Bean... I have lots of questions about Rat. Which we will we'll get, get into, into in the next, next minute, minute when... When he is fleshed out more. But what we should get into is Willem Dafoe's voice acting. All hail. So this is Willem Dafoe, uh, whose name sounds like a frog trying to talk with a bird. So Willem Dafoe voices the rat. Very good voice acting because I for a long time could never tell that that was Willem Mm -hmm. Dafoe. The accent he's putting on is very Mm -hmm. good. Willem Dafoe, you might also recognize him as being in The Grand Budapest Hotel and The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou in terms of other Wes Anderson movies. He's also known for his work in the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies as the Green Goblin. Uh, He's also in the Boondock Saints, American Psycho. Finding Nemo. Many more. Finding Nemo. Uh, I'm sure he has some more prestige thing that I'm missing. 
yeah, so it's interesting having Willem Dafoe in this role. He's he's always been a oh he was just recently in the Florida Project and was nom- nominated for the Florida Project. Willem Dafoe is kind of known to be a, a villain performer. Uh, he he has a scary looking face. Uh, that was one one of the things in in the Florida Project people really liked was that he played a good guy, and it was it was interesting to see him play a, a good person. And what's interesting is. Steve Zizou, he plays a, a normal guy. Grand Budapest Hotel, he plays a bad guy. Obviously, Green Goblin is a bad guy. Boondock uh, Saints, he's Boondock Saints, ambiguous. He is, yeah, he is a person who does the right thing, quote unquote. His most interesting role, actually, is though, is American Psycho, where he plays a private investigator who is a good guy, but because we are because the movie is told from the point of view of Christian Bale's character. Willem Dafoe seems like super creepy from the point of view of Patrick Bateman. Willem Dafoe is like the biggest creep ever. But if you kind of take off the veil, you realize that Willem Dafoe is actually just being like a really nice, polite person in that movie. So that's that's my Willem Dafoe rant. He is really good as the Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man. Yeah. The itsy bitsy spider, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Also, I love him in Boondock Saints. That's like one of my favorite performances ever kind of thing. He just does such a good job in that movie. It's Sherlock. It's the Robert Downey Jr. version of Sherlock before that ever was even conceived kind of thing. And I think they honestly did it more successfully than RDJ Sherlock. Just the breaking yeah, down of the I moments. Mean, it, it was just so beautifully done. Be careful. Be careful claiming anything in the Boondock Saints as original because it's not supposed to people be. who are filmed aren't gonna I know that. It's a trashy movie. I acknowledge that. But I am also from the Boston area, went to school in the Boston area, and it's just a trashy wow. film that I love. I don't have shame in admitting <laughs> that it's a terrible movie, but I still love it. It gives me a high. I don't think that's a, that it's a terrible movie. I think it's a fine movie. It's very enjoyable yeah, to watch. Yeah, and that's really all I'm going for. It, it's not like the RDJ Sherlock movies are good either. I'm not c- comparing it to something amazing. Yeah, so we get we get Rat kind of just sitting there, sipping his cider. He lights a match and ingests it and then just has this really cool smoke effect yeah. that seems, just by the look of it, is more computer than claymation, but there is some basis in claymation, mm-hmm. I think, with it. Um, just but from the texture. But I, I'm not 100% there. What's interesting is that he's sitting on top of the the shelves of cider the whole time while, like, Mr. Fox is talking. You can, like, see him in the background. But it's not until he, like, snaps and the attention is called to him and he lights the match that we realize that that's him sitting on top of the shelf. Cause, and we get the zoom, which is yeah. cool. I'll go into a little more detail next episode about his design and stuff because there was actually... Wes Anderson had a lot to say about his design, which is really interesting. Um, but I did want to note yeah. that um, the end of this minute starts um, being Secret Cider Cellar's score. Wow, that's a lot of S's and C's. But that score kicks into play, and it's this really cool kind of like Old West kind of score in in a very yeah we get kind of, a kind of whistle yeah, and it's it is very like gunfight showdown yeah. whistle mentioning background noise uh while mr fox is ta- is talking we hear the cider making sound effects mm-hmm. which are like tubes pouring like you can hear the cider being made in the background which is something we don't see until later 
Oh no, did we see it earlier? We did. When um they when the, first talk the about thing. yeah, when they first talk about Mr. Bean creating cider. As someone who's familiar with that noise, I know what it is and was was like, "Oh cool, that's in the background." I can't imagine like seeing it for the first time if you're like, "What's that noise?" So It's again know. a kind of a Wonka sound. Like it it reminds me of the testing room where they get the gobstoppers like Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. That's all I got for notes. Yeah, I think this is a really good minute. I think the opening with Christopherson and Fox and Kylie is good. The the wolf throwaway is good. And the, introducing the rat and the whole like talking about the cider and just the visuals of the cider bottles as like literally like this liquid gold is really cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's a, it's a very... I mean, we've been saying this a lot about the last several minutes. It's a very visually appealing minute, and it's got an inter- it's progressing the story in an interesting way and exposing the characters in new ways that we haven't yet seen. So we're still very much in kind of the transition between Act 1 and Act 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Act 2 starts basically right after yeah. this. Alrighty, well, we'll call it a day. I think we got that little Isle of Dogs thing in the middle there, too, so I think people will be happy with the result of this episode hopefully but if you're not happy tweet at us you can tweet at us at amateur nerds on twitter or you can tweet at me directly at tyler booty that's t-y-l-e-r-b-o-u-d-y condra where else can they, they reach can us? email us at amateur nerds present at gmail.com or rate review subscribe on google play or itunes or apple podcast i guess either yeah. one it's the same thing i guess and you know, just keep listening. Find out where we go next. Yeah, minute 26. We'll have minute 27 next. Delve into this rat we more. We have one hour left of the movie, Tyler. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, we're, we're trucking along. Already? Well, this has been Fantastic Minute. We hope you have a fantastic, fantastic. day. Fantastic.